You know, something I have observed recently is how we are so available for extreme ways of living, extreme hustle and extreme disconnection. But I believe that success is found in the middle. You're listening to In It. This is for anyone who is in the trenches, in the process and pursuit of a life fully lived. And I want you to know that I'm with you. I'm your host, Lindsay Plebiak. Let's do this. What's going on, gang? It's so good to be back with you today. I'm so excited to dive into our topic. Today, we are going to be doing part one of two, all or nothing, all or nothing. And I'm really excited to dive into this topic and this idea. And I kind of think that we might get a little dicey at times, but I really want to invite you to hang with me till the end because My goal here is to shed some light and perspective on something that I am seeing playing out in real time, this concept of all or nothing. And I felt that it warranted two parts. So we're going to have two different episodes, one today and then one following this directly relinked to this kind of concept of all or nothing. And I wouldn't be true to myself unless I totally started this conversation with (laughs) a little bit of comedic relief and inspo before we get into the heavy topics. Who here remembers the band (laughs) O-Town? I might be dating myself just a tiny bit, just a little tiny bit. I think I'm almost getting to that conversation where it's time for me to start dating myself. Oh my goodness. Um, O-Town, guys, all or nothing, all or nothing at all. O-Town, they told us it many years ago. Let's just have a quick little reminder of of (laughs) O-Town. Mom, who remembers that? All right. <laughs> this is our theme for today. I just I just had to had to put that in there. But we're going to talk about this concept of all or nothing. And truly, I'm excited to share from it because I have been a person that used to identify with the concept all or nothing. I used to identify with that. I would say to myself, you know what? Either I am going to be all in or I am all out. Like I'm either going for this and I'm going to throw myself into whatever I'm doing and I'm all in and I have to go all the way and I have to just push the limit all the way to the end. I don't even know where I'm going, but I'm in, I'm all in, right? Or I am all freaking out. I'm out. Peace. See ya. See ya never. Forget you. Uh, Have a good life. See ya. If one hard day, I'm out, right? That was me. That was me for a long, long, long season. And I want to kind of invite you into this conversation that I'm seeing play out in real time. And why I think it might step on a couple people's toes is because it is a real time conversation. This isn't a uh, opportunity for like, you know, that storytelling or, or, hey, I'm going to tell you about something I learned in the past. This is something I'm learning in real time. And again, what I want to say is I'm saying everything I'm about to tell you with love and with challenge. And to also let you know, I've been there. I've been on both sides of this. 
And I really just want to invite you to hang with me to the end because my goal, no matter what I might say today, is to help. It's to help. It's to help bridge a gap. It's to shine a light and to bring people together. That's my only focus for why I'm saying this message because I just think it's so needed and so important. So all or nothing, gang, who, who maybe identifies with that, right? The, the next step of, the, of that conversation is to really understand that the trend that I'm seeing right now out in the, uh, in the uh, universe is this concept around what is being called as hustle culture, okay? And I'm not going to dive too deeply into that conversation, but I do want to shine a light on the thematics that I'm seeing across the boards when it comes to this idea of hustle culture and to just shine a little bit of a light on what that exactly is. There's a movement going on. There's a bigger conversation that's happening within, you know, the working atmospheres of of social media and businesses and all over the place. I've seen the conversation everywhere. Okay. So it's not just per one industry, it's in every industry. Yeah. So it's this idea of toxic hustle culture. Okay. It's a buzzword, but I think it's a really important conversation. Okay. And again, I've reminded you guys many times that I am a definition nerd and I love knowing the definition of things. All right. So let's actually, let's, let's get the real time definition of what hustle means. Okay. Let's talk about it. So the hustle definition is force someone yourself to move hurriedly or unceremoniously in a specific direction, okay? To push roughly, to jostle, to obtain by forceful action or persuasion. Synonyms include bulldoze, rush, manhandle, shove, or to thrust, okay? That is the actual Webster definition of the word hustle. It's an aggressive word. It's a word that means we're creating something forcefully. We're pushing energy out into the world with intensity, and we're moving in a very specific direction, but we're doing it very quickly. We're shoving, we're thrusting, we're bulldozing, we're making moves, okay? Now, that's the true definition of the word. That's just what it is, okay? And where I think that this plays out into culture is that there is this idea, and I love it, okay? I'm gonna, I'm gonna share the part of this that, that I love, okay? Because I do love part of this. It's this idea of a businesswoman or a businessman or someone getting out there. And what I feel, what my perspective has always been on the word hustler up until lately has been, I'm, I'm a mover, I'm a shaker, I'm making things happen. I have ambition, I'm driven, I'm focused, I'm out here to get something. I'm here to make, move the needle. I'm here to make an impact. I'm, I'm not content to just sit and let my ideas, you know, sit on the wall. I'm in the game, I'm putting myself into the arena. I'm good and golden to be available to press towards something bigger than myself. And I'll do the work, I'll show up, I'll commit to a bigger vision, I'm making it happen. And it's, it's this or nothing. I'm, I, I, again, all or nothing I'm in or I'll perish. Like I'll sell myself to this dream that I have and I will show up and do what needs to happen in order to make it happen. I think a lot of us identify with being someone like that. You know, I, I don't see a problem in, 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 in anything that I just described, being somebody that's like, I'm here, I'm ready to get myself in the game. I want to do something with impact and significance. And and a, and a fun fact for, for you guys too, there's a strength finders test that you can take. I'll link it in my show notes because it's fascinating and I love it, but it's a strength finders test where you can literally find out like what your top strengths are, 
when it comes to work or business or all of those things. And what I've found across the board is, you know, when you are somebody that's truly a a go-getter or a mover maker, there's something in you and it's called significance. It's actually part of the test that you can take. It's one of those traits. And typically people that are super driven have that trait of significance in their top like five, top 10 strengths. And really what it means is you want to be creating a life on purpose. You want to do something that matters. You are attached to a bigger vision and it's a core trait in as, as are many traits of, of who we are. And significance isn't a bad thing. It's really not. It's actually a powerful tool. And I believe people that are true needle movers in the earth have that trait. And uh, I would encourage you to take the test. It's just fascinating. I actually, it's my number uh, four strength. It's just really phenomenal. And I really believe that that is true to this person who is a quote unquote hustler. Okay. There's a song out. I think I'm going to butcher his name, but I think it's Zade Wolf. And it's, I love the song. It's yeah, yeah, I'm a hustler. And it's like, so ex- and I, I can't sing. So we're not going to comment on that, <laughs> but it's an amazing, inspiring like song that you just, I love, it. I love the song. Right. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that idea. Okay. If, if you're, if you're a person that finds yourself identifying with those things. I would even argue that I, up until recently, or even even still, there's a part of me that identifies with that word hustler and what it has meant up until now, or, or what it's, you know, that, those connotations. And I still believe that those things can be true of that, right? But I think where things are going wrong and where there's confusion and where I want to try to pull back some layers today to help the listener understand, you know, my, my point here of this all or nothing is I think that we get attached to that idea of I will do whatever it takes. I am all in. I will go the distance. And, and, and where that happens is where we start to let that idea kind of take over everything where we can get into some dangerous territory, okay? And I want you to know that, you know, being all in, being that, that that idea as well, like another point that I'll bring to that conversation is that I do believe that if you are doing something and you're trying to make something happen, there is a strong level of need of being sold or selling yourself on what you're doing. That can only come from within. I think a lot of times we're really guilty where we'll look out, we'll ask people to, to have our back, we'll ask people to, you know, back us up, or we want the support of and the approval of the people around us in order for us to feel that we can go and do X, Y, and Z in the world and feel like we have that solidified support in order for us to be able to do it. And I do think that if you're really trying to make something happen, you have to be the one that's sold out the most to your idea. So you can't look for that inspiration or support or back up or sell in from another. I hope I'm making sense with this. You have to be sold on what you're doing. You have to have a really strong inner vision for what you're trying to make happen in the world. And I do believe that you need to have a level of all inness or what I would rather change the language to is sold out to or sold or bought into yourself. Like really more than anything, not even what the thing is that you're trying to create, but it's more so being bought or sold in all in on you. That's, that's really the point that I'm trying to make. Being sold out all in on yourself. There is a level of that that I think is required in order to be able to create something really incredible. But where this gets tripped up, where, we, where I'm seeing 
people drifting away from that idea and where I believe this cultural term is coming from, toxic hustle culture, where where that's moving is where we are coming away from this idea of we're, we're, we're starting to turn ambition, drive, focus, uh, you know, commitment, willingness, hunger. We're starting to take these themes that are good themes to have and they're starting to become possessive. They're starting to become all-encompassing. They're starting to be the way in which we read the entire world. It's an intense energy, right? And to operate in an intense energy like that all the time, there is a consequence to that. There's a consequence. It would be My argument would be the same thing on the opposite end, right? Like the opposite end of what I believe would be hustle, would be sloth. You know, again, apathy, that's going to be a big conversation point for today. But there's a downside to that as well. There's a back end to that way of life as well. These things that, you know, were rest or a peace or a joy or contentment or easygoing. Literally, those things have a back end where that can turn into sloth, apathy, lack of movement, lack of inertia. There's a back end. There's a back door to that as well, where it becomes no longer productive or positive or good, but now it's harming. And the conversation with the toxic hustle culture really is about that shift where that intensity is no longer serving a vision. It is now crippling a vision. It is now harming a vision. It is now working against you. And that's kind of what I want to roll out with today on kind of backing in at least my perspective on this. Okay. And what I've seen time and time again in the conversation that I want to have today about this like all or nothing, okay, this all or nothing concept, something I'm seeing across the boards is this missed message on what that all-encompassing energy creates and where we start to kind of become all consumed by our work, we're all consumed by that focus, we're all consumed by that goal or that dream or that vision or that thing that now we're being harmed. And what I've seen in the harming is something called shame. It's shame. Shame's going to be a theme that we're going to touch on a lot today. I told you this was going to get heavy. So <laughs> hope you're drinking a Starbucks or you got some fresh air on your face. <laughs> But, uh, but again, but again, hang with me. It's shame. It's this byproduct that comes from that intensity for too long, too long of that intensity, therefore becomes into shame. It's when you, it's when you get, maybe you, maybe you use that drive, that focus, that, that passion. Yeah. And you hit a goal. Let's just, let's just put that out as into the world as a scenario. You hit a goal where it becomes divisive, where it becomes what I would, or what, one would argue as toxic hustle culture is when that suddenly becomes not enough. So you actually used the good drive. You actually used the inertia, the good force, the momentum, the power to accomplish said goal. And then suddenly you accomplish that goal. And then there's this emptiness on the other side. There is shame on the other side. There is this push through of it's not enough. I must keep going. I must do more to obtain more worth, to obtain more X, Y, Z. And suddenly you feel deflated by that rather than inspired by that. Suddenly it's, it's again, harming. It's harming. And what ends up happening or what I've seen and what I've experienced myself when I was, when I was in my own 
you know, toxic hustle culture season, what I saw for myself was I couldn't celebrate the work that I had done. Something inside felt like, well, I didn't do, but I, okay, fine. I did this. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't do that. And now there's this to do. And now I must go do this thing. And it, it, it's like, you couldn't celebrate what you actually had just worked to accomplish. And now you're kind of in this chronic mode of intensity. And that, my friend, coupled with not being able to possibly achieve it. So you're not celebrating. You're not able to achieve the thing or you haven't achieved the thing yet that you're working towards. And then enters shame, frustration, self-doubt, anger. And suddenly there's all these stories that we're telling ourselves about who we are, why we aren't somewhere, what we should have by now, why we're not where we want to be. Well, so-and-so did it. Why didn't I do it? I gave my best, yada, yada. All these stories start playing. It's not working. I'm giving up. This is taking too long. Forget it. I don't have what it takes, blah, blah, blah. Then the shame creeps in. Then the stories start coming in. So now you're in this chronic strip of intensity, intense emotions coupled with deep, deep, deep shame. That I feel, friend, is what someone is trying to describe these days in layman's terms as toxic hustle culture. I believe that that is where this is being derived from. And what I want to let you know is there's a lot of truth to that. There's truth to that because I have experienced it. I have been in it. (laughs) I've been in it. It's real. It is real. There's truth to it. Okay. And what I see playing out as a result of it has created even what I feel is a bigger problem than actually the very thing itself. Because I think if we could just hone in on our own rhythms and our own struggles and our own, like take responsibility for our own self, then maybe we could start pivoting and maybe we could start seeing changes happening. But the problem that's getting like birthed out of this that I want to talk about today is this all or nothing concept rooted in shame. Truly rooted in shame. And what I'm observing currently is I'm observing two types of people. Two types of people. We have the person, the woman, whoever, that is the one that's using shame as a motivation to keep people to stay working. Or it's using shame to communicate some message against this concept of toxic hustle culture. It's this idea. It's almost like they're reminding us about why hard work matters. And I want to tell you something right now. Your girl will back up hard work every day of her life. My family is of Slavic descent. We are uh, Austrian, Hungarian, and Polish. And I take so much pride in my family heritage and in my uh, Slavic culture. It is so passionate to me. My last name, you know, is very much rooted in, in our family. And I take a lot of pride. I'm actually one of the last female Pleviak women. And uh, it means so much to me with their story and how they came over. My great-grandfather came over on Ellis Island 
with $2 in his entire, <laughs> to his entire name. He had $2. And that's what he came here with, $2. And he was one of the most hardworking human beings in the <laughs> to ever exist. <laughs> he truly was. The actual word plave or plev, that derivative is someone that worked or tended fields. And so he was working just unbelievable amounts. And it's in our blood. All of his kids, he had uh, 13 children. My whole family, there's this hard work backbone in all of us. Hard work is not lost on me. It is in me. It is who I am. It's part of me. And that is not what we're talking about here. What I'm talking about is this concept of shaming, shaming others, shaming other women that are trying to rest, trying to recover from this culture that they may have experienced or have experienced because it's real. It's, it's truly real on the other side of hustling which again is a place of shame, striving for your worth, striving for something outside of yourself for a long, long, long time. There is this like refractory period of a need to recover from operating in that vein for a long time. And I see this pattern of others shaming almost making it like you're a quitter. You know, this is what hard work looks like. This is how you get the job done. You know, this is the example of how you're going to get what you want. You have to be able to do this. You've got to show up. You've got to be consistent. You've got to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hard work. You're describing, you're describing hard work. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the posture in which you are communicating. You are communicating in a way that is shame-filled. And if you are trying to put shame on a person who is already combating shame, let me tell you something right now. You will never, ever, ever get what you're wanting. <laughs> That's literally going to make a person. I mean, if, <laughs> I know what it would make me. If somebody's combating shame and you're going to throw more shame on top of them, you're, you're basically asking for that person to project on you or to disappear. You're basically asking for those two options. I don't feel that that's health. I don't feel like that is clear leadership. I, 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 I don't, I don't. I think that that is shame and you're shaming and you're using a shame story to try to articulate some message of hard work. And my friend, those things are not connected. Hard work at the end of the day is hard work. Hard work is getting the job done. Hard work is showing up. Hard work is working through your process. But if you have been operating for so long in a place of striving, burnout, no rest, you've sacrificed your rest, you've sacrificed, you've given up X, Y, Z, there is a period of healing that needs to occur in one's life to be able to move back to a place of groundedness, stability, and figuring out those boundaries. Lord knows I needed to, <laughs> okay? A shame speech at a resting woman or a resting person ain't gonna get your message across. It's just not. There is another way. It's called compassion. It's called empathy. It's called trust. It's called 
lack of release some control, man. <laughs> like let some control go. You can't control people. Like, you know, we can't control others even though we try, we try so hard, but I want to, I want to also shine a light on the, on the other end, on the other end, in the same way that I see the working woman. And again, I know there's a lot of men listening to my show and I, and I, if you're listening to my show and you're a dude, Hell yeah. Like, I am so glad you're here. <laughs> I, my audience is predominantly women. And so I speak to a lot of women all the time, but I'm really glad you're here. And I truly believe that this applies to you as well. <laughs> so thanks for being here. If you are a working woman, working person, shaming, a resting person or a recovering person, okay, that's, that's a problem. It's not good. But the reason that I said all or nothing is because I also see the resting woman shaming the working woman. I see it. I see it. And to the resting woman, I would love to speak to you for a second. You know, I spent the last couple of months really just, like I've shared before, just trying to think, trying to process information, trying to encapsulate the experiences that I've had over the last year and how that affected me. And it affected the way I showed up. It affected the way that I worked. It affected so many things. And there was a deep need for my soul to be at peace. There was a deep need to return to self. There was a deep need to realign. And there was a deep need to figure out what I wanted, what I didn't, what I was available for, what I wasn't available for. And more than anything, when it comes to the professional world, there was a deep need for me to figure out a structure and a system and a way in which I could do my job and to do it well without it harming me. Because the way in which I had worked for so long was now harming me. But I did not have the luxury, nor at the end of the day, again, this is my, this is me owning me here. This is me owning me. I did not have the luxury, nor did I have the desire to place all of my ambition and the things that I wanted to create in life on the shelf and say, I'm done. I'm done with all of it. And I want to let you know that there are many women out there who do not have the luxury of being able to just say, forget it, I'm disappearing and I'm never coming back to the, to the social world. And, and they have to work <laughs> and we work online. A lot of women don't have that opportunity in this day in society. It has been proven time and time and time again already this year that you have to make a minimum of $5,000, a minimum. And I would argue strongly that that number has changed since those statistics have come out. I would argue it's more if we had a fresh statistic somewhere that you have to make a minimum of $5,000 more this year to be able to live your life exactly how you did last year. You have to create 5K more just for your life to be exactly the way it was lived last year. That for some women is staggering. That for some women could feel like the life hold is getting choked out of them. That for some women could feel like do or die. And those women are probably doing their very best to show up and give themselves a chance to be able to provide for their family. Because in this culture, in this society, in this day and age, 
it is almost impossible to be on a one income household. Almost impossible. Like for the dudes out there that are like out there, like providing for their family, it's tough. It's tough. Okay. This is a, in this world that we're in, a one income household is really challenging for the average person. It really is. And to kind of shame this idea of the woman out there trying to provide for her family is just dead wrong, man. It's dead wrong. All that it is, gang, the sneaky truth of this, the sneaky truth of this conversation. See, see, here's the sneaky thing about this. Both ideologies are incorrect. It's the sneaky point that nobody really wants to acknowledge. Both ideologies are incorrect. If hustle culture worked, if striving beyond a breaking point worked, if rise and grind really worked, if a hundred reels a day, a hundred reels in a hundred days really worked, I don't think people would be giving out. I don't think that they would be falling down. And you want to know what? If apathy worked, then I, I don't think that we would really get much done in this society. I think that a lot of things would fall through the cracks if that was truly the way. If walking away from it all was truly the way, I think that a lot of society would crumble. Regardless, the cycle, both things result in the same thing. It's two sides of the same coin over and over again. And both sides of the spectrum are trying to dominate the conversation. Listen, if I've learned anything over the last two years, the last thing people want right now, today, is to be told what to do and what they want. It's the last thing that anyone wants is to be told what to do and what someone else wants. The bigger conversation that I'm inviting you into today is a question that I have for you as you're listening. It seems to me, it just seems to me that we're available for extremes. We're available for extreme ways of living. We are so game for all. You know what? I'm going to show up. I'll get out there. I'll be on real. I'll be doing a hundred things. I'm going to be talking to a hundred people. I'm doing this. I'm showing up all day and night. I'm sacrificing my sleep. I'm not going to eat. I'm going to work. I'm going to pound coffee in the back of my throat. I'm out here. There's that reel going around right now. I hate it. You want to know what it says? I'm out here on two hours of sleep and one and a fucking dream, baby. It's like, you know what? Call me in a year if you're still living like that. Two hours of sleep, a fucking dream. You got nothing left. You call me back and tell me if that's working for you. Call me back in one year. I'll set my watch. But we're game for it. We're game for it. We're game for, for, the, for, the, for the extreme way of working. If we can get that what we want and we'll do it hard and we'll do it fast. <laughs> we'll do it hard and fast, baby. We'll go there. We'll make what we're, we're available for that. You know what else we're available for? You know what else we're available for? Hang with me. This is for, this is in love gang. We're available for canceling everything, throwing our phone in the river, backing off of the internet. What, 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 I want to throw my phone in the river. My phone's in the river. You know, you know what? I've said it. I've said it. I've said it. Again, this is, I'm owning my story. I'm owning myself here. We're available for chucking the phone in the river. We're, we're, we're available for cutting ties with the internet. We're, we're, we're game to buy 
acres out in removed from society. We're going to put on a bonnet. We're going to churn our own butter. We're going to literally live out there in the wilderness and have no contact with society. And we're, we're forgetting work forever. And we're not going to have nothing to do with anything that involves, you know, ambition, drive, going after goals. Not, we want nothing to do with it. We're going to be removed forever. We're available for extreme. We're available for extreme. And look, look, if you're that woman on the left and if you're that woman over here on the right, whatever it is, if you're, if you're more on that side of hustle, if you find yourself there and you like it, and if you find yourself more on that side of, of, of rest and removal and you like it, fine, fine. Be there. Own it. Own it, baby. Own it hard but stop shaming the ones in the middle. Stop shaming the ones in the middle. The crux of this conversation is that we're available for extremes, but we're not available to find the middle ground. Could it even exist? Can we even hold space for it to exist? The hard truth, the hard pill to swallow is that both people are the same. Both types of people, both operations, both methods are the same. Maybe the routes that you've taken look a little bit different, but you're both game for extreme and you're both shaming the ones who have been working on healthy boundaries and around systems, and around discipline, and around finding peace, while also providing. They're finding peace in provision, and you're shaming it. I really truly believe that the shame projection comes from a lack of boundary in oneself. I think a lot of the shame projection is coming on those who don't have true boundaries in their life in their system. We think that if we just turn off or we delete an app on, on social media, that suddenly we have boundaries. We, we think that. We think if we get offline for the day that we have a boundary. We think we spend the day at the lake and we've created a boundary. A lot of what I see today is from a shame place on those who are figuring out the middle, that are figuring out what it truly looks like to be able to do both things well, to work hard and to rest well, all or nothing. You know, as someone who's recovering from so much hustle, I want to share that there was a strong, strong moment, a strong moment, multiple moments where I held out the, uh, the option for walking away. I, I actually held space for myself to walk away from it all. And I want you to know as you are listening to me, because I understand this conversation is challenging. I understand that this is not easy to swallow. And I also want to invite you that you don't have to agree with me. You don't have to. That's not why I got on here today. I didn't get on here to tell you anything. I came on here to offer a different perspective. But I want you to know that I held so much space for myself to walk away completely. And I want you to know that I gave myself permission that it was okay if I wanted to do it. I want you to know that. 
I think that that's important to share. I felt that my message needed to be said. I felt that I needed to work on trying to bridge this gap, this all or nothing gap to try to help us move closer to middle, to the middle ground. Because I truly believe, I truly believe that the middle can exist. I think that we're scared to admit it. I think we're afraid of the middle. I think we, we, I think we don't think it's real. And I'll tell you why we don't think it's real. Because I've literally listened to people talk about how balance is a myth. <laughs> I've, I've heard people say that, oh, there's no such thing as balance. Balance isn't real. It's all about priorities. I've heard it. I've heard it. Now, now, how in the world is someone that is currently trying to provide for their family to be able to provide for their family while also being a present parent? And I'm not a parent, but I just work with a lot of women that are. And so I see this conversation playing out so much. How in the world is, is a woman supposed to take that thought of, okay, I'm trying to be a present mother, but I also need to provide. And, 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 and this is not about balance. This is about priorities. Well, well, are those two things, being able to feed and care for and provide a safe environment for your child to live in and, and allow them to have the finances to be able to be taken care of in this world, is that not also a priority of, of being with that child and helping them? Are those two things not priorities? Being present and also being, you know, provisional? Are those two things not both priorities? So how can we sit there and be like, balance is a myth. It's about priorities. They're, they're both priorities. And they both require balance. Because you cannot be a present mother, parent, whatever. You can't be present while you're, while you're in a place of just striving. How can you be present there? And, 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 and how can you be provisional? If, if you, if you can't, if you, if you've bought into this concept that all you have to do is just like sit there and just be so attentive, but, but you know what I'm saying? But it's also like, but you have this job to be able to do, to be able to be provisional to care for them. I mean, what a, what a mixed message. What a mixed message that women are getting shoved in their freaking face every day. The working woman. Okay. What, what a message for that, for that person. And I'm, and I'm not a parent, but you want to know what I feel that in my own life. You know, there's other, I'm an artist. I, there's things that I want to go create and I want to be present in my creativity. I want to be present in my relationships. I want to be present in my life. I want to be present in experiences. I want to be present in my relationships, sitting across the table from my friends. I want to drink them in. I want to see their face. I want to be so present with them, okay? But in order for me to be able to do so many of these things, I need to be able to work and I need to be present in my work or I will not have the provisions to be able to do those things, and that I believe is the story of many. And I believe that the extreme situations, the extreme ways of living are harming more than they're helping. And my only goal, my only focus in these all or nothing episodes is to walk us to the middle, to walk us to the center, to help the working woman or man today know that it can be both. We can be present in our work. We can be present in our passion. We can be present in our process. We can be present in our provisions. And we can also be so present with our people. We can be present with our people. Whew, I feel a little emotional here. Yep, I'm crying. <laughs> David, you can leave that. <laughs> I'm getting a little teary-eyed. We can, we can have it both, but it doesn't live in all or nothing. It lives in the middle, the messy middle. My mentor, Kristen Boss, says that. 
the messy middle. It doesn't make sense. It's not a great place to be. It's uncomfortable. It's uncharted waters. It's ambiguous. It's scary. It's unknown. But it's where we need to move in this day, in this time. It's the messy middle. And there is a part two. There's a part two. And I would love to invite you to tune in next week. But I wouldn't be doing you justice if I didn't end it with someone who could say it so much better than me. It just takes some time. Everything will be just fine. It just takes some time.